Hello everybody, welcome back to Best Bad Bets. My name is Chris, and I'm here with Ethan, and today's an exciting day. Today's our first special. It's on um, Fight Island 1 and Fight Island 2. Fight Island 1 takes place on July 15th, while Fight Island 2 um, happens on July 18th. So a lot of fights we're going to cover. We're going to try to cover most of them in both of the the two fight nights, and uh, we're going to start with Fight Island 1, uh, um, the prelims. So, Ethan, take it away. Yeah, so this first prelim that we have, uh, I looked at, is Diana Belbita versus Yano Yuha. I'm, I'm going to apologize for pronouncing any of these names wrong, because it's a lot of international fighters, so a little harder names to pronounce. But for me, Chris, in this first match, the big takeaway is the reach. Belbita has a 6.5-inch reach advantage, which is huge. As we all know, reach is a major factor in determining who we think is going to win a UFC fight. Both are 0-1 in their UFC debuts, um, where Liana Huha got knocked out, but Belbita lost by decision. So she played a lot She played a lot tougher in her first UFC fight. But the thing I like here, Chris, is not to go the distance. 11 of 18. Belbita's going to close it? Hmm? What you say, Chris? Uh, you think Belbita is going to finish it in the distance? Uh, yeah, so I like Belbita in this one to finish it. Um, she lost to the fighter who was ranked in the UFC flyweight division uh, by decision. Um, and she has a reach advantage, so I'm really a fan of hers. Her money line is minus 167. But I think that has I think has more value here is uh, will the fight go the distance? I don't think it will. 11 of Belbita's 18 total fights have not gone the distance. And 8 out of 10... Uh, Liana's fights have not gone the distance either. So fight not to go the distance is plus 140. I think that's your best value, and that's where I really like. Um, I'll definitely take Belbita in this one because she's minus 167, so it's not bad for UFC just to bet on one fight. Uh, but plus 140 for not to go the distance I think is also mm -hmm. really nice. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely think Belbita's going to win at 167, which is actually not the worst value for a UFC fight. And, I mean, not to go the distance at plus money when... A lot of these fights that they that both of these fighters have have not gone this distance either. <clears throat> so moving on to our next one, we have John Phillips and oh, this is going to be hard for me. I'm going Kamzat <laughs> Chim Chimev Chimev. Oh, that's right. Of course, it sounds good to me. <laughs> but based on this fight, I like I like Phil I love I love the not to the distance again, and then I lean Phillips here. So Chimev is making his UFC debut on a week's notice. So that's it's never a good combo. Mm -hmm. um, Jamev has won, though, six straight fights inside the distance. So he has he has the uh, power and the capability to finish a fighter. Now, the problem with Phillips is he's 1-3 in UFC fights, so he hasn't bode well. But 11 of his last 12 fights have not gone the distance. And Vegas uh, totally agrees with me. Fight not to go the distance here is minus 380. So this is going to be a parlay piece for me. Uh, instead of picking a fighter, I'll just use this as a parlay piece. Instead of parlaying a fighter that's really high money line, I think this is great value. But Eileen Phillips, just because of the short notice and the UFC debut, it never just bodes well for a fighter typically. But Phillips is the is the underdog here, plus 250. And I think it's a, worth a little sprinkle on, but I'm going to just take the fight not to go the distance. I mean, for me, I, I really like the Phillips money line at plus 250. I mean, if we're looking at um, taking a fight on a week's notice, that is just brutal for a fighter to do. We saw... Uh, Masvidal take Usman. Uh, I think he had six days, and 
another thing is uh, Chimaev's taking his uh, UFC UFC debut on six days notice, and I just think it's going to be a lot for him to handle. So that's why I'm rocking with Phillips here. Yeah, but Chris, there's a difference between comparing Masvidal. So and there's not a difference between comparing Masvidal to Chimaev in terms of on the short notice. There's a difference in comparing Usman and Phillips. Usman was a champion. Oh yeah, that that is true. He is a he was a great fighter. Where Phillips is one in three. Um, so that's why it's more lean here for me, uh, just because Phillips hasn't shown really that he's able to stand stay within the UFC, and I haven't and I don't I haven't seen any tape on Chimaev just because it was hard to find, um, so I don't know what he's really capable of. I can just go off of his record where he's won six straight fights inside the distance, so that's why I love this fight not to go the distance. It's just a lean on Phillips here, but I'll take the minus three eighty and parlay that probably with Belbita, um, and minus one sixty seven. That's probably gonna be great value. And there's some other fights later down the card where I think the minus 380 for fighting on the distance is a great parlay piece. Nice. Okay. Okay. So we're still on the prelims here. Ricardo Ramos and Lerone Murphy. I didn't have a huge opinion on this one, but it looks like you pulled up some nice data on here. So let me hear it. Yeah, so Ramos is four years younger and has a 1.5-inch reach advantage. So being younger is always great. The younger fighter typically wins at least 60% of the time. Um if he's five years younger, it's like 65%, and it keeps going up. So, but then with the reach advantage, it's not a great reach advantage, but you'll take it nonetheless. Uh, so, But that reach advantage is for Murphy, not for Ramos. And then because uh, Ramos is four years younger, and then based on his UFC experience, I'm going to go with Ramos on this one, Chris. Uh, he's 5-1 and one in UFC fights, so he has a great track record. Where Murphy is zero zero and one, so he's only so he's only drawn in his UFC mm-hmm. fights. So he 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 played well, he fought well, excuse me, but didn't do enough to win. Didn't do enough to lose, but didn't do enough to win. So that's the important factor in that. And because of Ramos' experience, I'm just gonna take him on that one. But then I also lean this fight to go the distance. Um, well, most likely just bet Ramos to win. So we're gonna move on to Modestas, Bukaskas, and. <laughs> Dincius Moreira. Um, again, you took a lot of these prelims where I took a lot of the prelims in the second fight night. Tell me about this one, man. Yeah, so this one's an easy one for me, Chris. Uh, both fighters are making their UFC debut, but Bukowskis is five years younger, so that's a huge factor for me. But uh, what I love about it is not to go the distance. Uh, nine of uh, Vincius's fights... Have not out of total fifteen have not gone the distance. Or Bukowski's has finished eleven of his twelve fights inside yeah, the distance. Impressive. So fighting not to go the distance is minus three hundred. But Bukowski's has great, great knockout power, and then there's a reason why uh, I love it. And there's a reason Vegas agrees with me. Uh, Bukowski's to win inside the distance by TKO is plus one hundred. So good value where I think he's gonna win. I think this is this is. This is like Rosa on UFC 251, where I thought she was a, pretty much a guaranteed lock. I think Bukowski's is almost a guaranteed lock on this one. His money line's minus 230, so a parlay piece, but I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on him to win inside the distance by TKO and yeah, double my money. I, I like that breakdown a lot as well. I mean, it's hard not to really love um, 11 or 12 fights and not going the distance. I think that's uh, it's not really looking good for too good for uh, Herrera <laughs> on that in that respect. Mm-mm. All right, so um, another one of these fights that I just didn't really look too deeply into was Jared Gordon and Chris Fishgold. Um, 
I've seen a little bit on Fishgold, and he hasn't impressed me too much, but I haven't seen any on Jared Gordon. Yeah, Chris, so for me here, uh, again, Gordon is three years younger, so that's, that's a factor to keep in mind. Both these fighters have not played well in UFC. Um, Gordon is one and one, so he's he's 50-50. Fishgold is one and two, but his last fight was in June of 2019. So we're talking about a fighter who hasn't fought in over a year in UFC. He's also on a two-fight losing streak. But the thing that I like here is the fight to go to distance. Uh, nine of Gordon's 15 fights have, of his 15 wins, excuse me, have gone by decision. And then of Fishgold's 18 total wins, eight of them have gone by decision. So I'm going to take the fight to go to distance of plus 135. I lean Gordon in this fight because he's younger. Um, and Fishgold not having fought in over a year and on a two-fight losing streak. It's going to be hard for me. But it's going to be really hard now to take Gordon. Because there was some late developing news when I was doing my research where Gordon was going to have former UFC champ Paul Felder in his corner. Um, because all of his coaches uh, were, unfortunately, were tested positive for COVID-19 and they can't be in his rig side. Oh. So that's a huge, huge L uh, for Jared Gordon because he was using he, he's not going to have any of the coaches who he was training with for this fight. Um, Gordon Moneyline is minus 150, so Vegas clearly thinks it's, this is more is closer to a pick'em game. It's just going to be harder to take Gordon just because of him not having his coaches. So if anything, I'll bet fight to go the distance. Most likely we'll actually want to not take him this fight yeah, at all think, in any of my bets. I think I'm going to be avoiding this one as well. I mean, um, kind of for an example, like um, how much the corner actually matters. Um, in Nami Yudis' fight um, last week, we saw her corner. I feel like they played a really large, uh, large part in, in that fight as well. Um, so moving on, we have Jack Shore and Aaron Phillips, and man, you broke this one down, but I, I saw the line on this before. Shore's money line is at minus 670, so very large favorite here. Tell me a little bit why he's so favored. Yeah, so he's so favored because he's five years younger, has a reach advantage of two inches, and Jack Shore is just, he's just a, he's killer. a killer. 11 of his 12 wins have gone, or by TKO or submission, 7 of his 11 were by submission, so the guy... Finishes the fights. Um, and then Aaron Phillips is making his UFC debut. So he's older, making his debut, and doesn't have the reach advantage. That's three things, and that's three strikes are out, Chris. So I'm not backing Phillips at all. Going to take Shore to win. Money line, parlay piece for Shore. But I'll probably uh, sprinkle and fight not to go to distance at minus 225. Um, there are uh, some other uh, prop bets you can look at is Jack Shore to win inside the distance. Um, Jack Shore to win. TKO or KO, but my favorite here is Jack Shore to win by submission at plus 100. Seven Since he's done it seven of his 11 times, he's won, so he clearly likes to go for the grapple and get the submission instead of the knockout. Sure. Um, and yeah, just like I was saying before, that money line is definitely a parlay piece just because Shore's so, so much the favorite in this fight. Alright, mm -hmm. so now we got Gonzalez and Berg. Um, I know who I like in here, but tell me about why you picked Berg to win this one. Yeah, so I actually didn't pick a side oh. in this one, Chris. Uh, it was really hard for me to pick it. Berg is younger by five years, so that's a big factor. Um, but they're both making their UFC debuts, so it was a little hard for me really to judge. The thing I like the most is fight not to go the distance. These guys love to just just love to either get the knockout or either get knocked out. Um, so Gonzalez is, has 11 straight fights not going the distance. Uh, Berg's nine total fights, seven of them haven't gone the distance. So it's clearly, so the, clearly these guys are not trying to finish the full 15. 
fighting on to go the distance is minus 335. So again, heavily juiced means a parlay piece. Um, I just really couldn't pick a side in this one. It was more of a toss-up. But tell me, Chris, why you like Berg? Berg, I mean, the five years younger thing, I feel like that quite often plays a, uh, a big part in determining the winner. And the fact that both of these guys are both making their debut, I feel like um, if they're both inexperienced and you have in UFC and they both um, are making their debut and you have a younger guy, I think he holds a little bit larger of a chance than the older guy. That's why I chose Berg. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, his money line's minus 155, so it's not terrible. Um, just bet yeah. straight up. I feel like a lot of my, um... Probably, probably will part, will do Berg to win inside the distance. Um, or Berg to win by knockout. Um, just cause fight not to go distance, my three, minus 335 is way too heavily mm-hmm. juiced for me to touch by, by yeah, itself. I agree with that. Alright, so, moving on to the main card. Uh, I think we're gonna start with Tim Elliott and Ryan Benoit. Um, Ethan, do you mind if I take this one first? And give my, uh, give my opinion? Go for it, All right, so I think that Tim Elliott actually has the advantage in this fight. Um, he has more experience than Ryan does. He has 28 total fights under his belt compared to uh, Ryan's 16. Um, in this fight, I mean, Benoit does have a slight age advantage of three years and reach. He has a two and a half inch reach over Elliott. But I really think that reach advantage is negated by Elliott's... Uh, Stance. He's a southpaw fighter, which holds an advantage over orthodox fighters. And one thing about a southpaw fighter versus an orthodox fighter is I really think it helps negate the reach of the orthodox fighter's power hand because it's got to come further um, than if it were two orthodox fighters fighting. So I really think that Elliott being a southpaw gives him gives him an advantage. Um, so on top of that. Elliot holds a striking advantage, so on average, he lands 3.41 strikes per minute compared to Ryan's 2.8, so he's outstriking him. Um, he also holds a takedown advantage, uh, 3.14 takedowns in 15 minutes compared to Ryan's 0.2. So it really looks like to me that Tim Elliott's a more complete fighter. He'll be willing to fight standing up because he's southpaw and on the ground because he will go for more takedowns, so that's why I'm rolling with uh, Tim Elliott on the money line at minus two, minus one twenty-five. So Ethan, you kind of uh, had a different view on this than me. Uh, ex- explain yourself. <laughs> yeah, Chris. So, so for this one, Chris, both these fighters have just not done well in UFC. Elliott's three and eight with a three-fight losing streak, uh, where Benoit is three and two, and he lost his most recent fight. Mm-hmm. But for me here, both these fighters tend to go the distance. Elliott has gone the distance 13 out of his 27 fights. Benoit has gone the distance 8 out of his 16 fights. So for me, the play is the fight to go the distance at minus 155. I lean Benoit on the side, but I'm not really a fan of either. Uh, just because the only reason that it was a Benoit lean is because underdogs win more often in a co event than any other spot on a fighting card. Um, and with Benoit being only a slightly an underdog, I thought, it was inter- I thought if, if it's basically a pick em, Maybe lean uh, the underdog, but I really don't have a preference for either. I'll probably just bet mm-hmm. fight to go the distance. All right, so we have Molly McCann and Talia Santos now. Um, again, we we were on opposite sides with this one too. 
Tell me what appealed to McCann in this fight. Yeah, Chris. So in this fight, um, McCann's older. It doesn't have and it has a six-inch reach disadvantage. Uh, but McCann is four and one in her last five fights with four going to distance. Um, Santos is four and one in her last five fights with four going to distance. But she's only but she's also zero and one UFC fights. Um, so for me, so before I get to my side, I love the fight to go the distance here, minus 300. Um, obviously a parlay piece at that value. But then I lean McCann, even though Santos has the big reach advantage, because McCann has been in this situation before. Against a fighter that's on, that's in the prelim in Belbita, who, she, where she had a shorter reach by six inches, McCann won. Um, so she knows she's been in this type of situation before. Yeah, Santos is a different fighter than Belbita, but she's, it's not like this is mm-hmm. something new to her. Um, so that's why I lean McCann, uh, just because she has the experience in this exact same position. Her money line's minus 118. Nice. Okay, yeah, so I have a little bit of a different view than you. So I see that uh, Santos has the reach advantage, and she also has better takedown defense. So her defense is 75%, and her own takedown accuracy is 100%. So I like Santos here a lot. I think that she'll be able to like control the engagements of the fight. If she wants to stand and box, she can box. But then if McCann's like tearing her up, then she can take her to the ground. Um, do ground as pound, ground and pound as well. Um, and I, I really think that uh, Santos here is definitely a different different fighter than Belbita. Um, yeah, so I'm taking Santos money line at minus one oh six. Um, yeah. So uh, moving on to our next one, we have Razak Alasan and Lazes Laze. Laze. Um, and this time we actually agree yes, on this. Chris. Yeah, Chris. So I, this is my, this is, so I brought, I brought, broke down Shore as my, as pretty much a, a guarantee in the prelim. And then Bukowskis as a guarantee for me, at least my, one of my favorites in the prelim. But if we're looking at the main event, this is my favorite right here. And I love Al Hassan. Um, I really like him to win by TKO. Uh, so Al Hassan has three one UFC fights. And has won all of his fights by TKO and minus. So him to win by TKO is minus 200. And then for Alisson just to win inside the distance is minus 220. And then his only loss, he went to full three rounds. So this guy loves to get the knockout. And the reason I love Alisson is not because of his his TKO power, but this guy is going to be hungry. He's going to be looking to prove himself. Uh, this is his first fight in two years after he had to go through. Uh, he had to, He suffered from rape allegations, and he proved himself to be innocent um, from those allegations. And But during that time, he wasn't allowed to fight in UFC, so he lost two years of his career when he was in his prime. So this fight is way too much meaning for Al-Hassan. I think he's. I don't think he's going to give this is this chance up. I think he's going to win. And then Lazez is making his UFC debut, and he's only also only gone the distance twice out of his 10 career fights. So this fight is not going to go the distance at all at minus 450. Um, but I'm taking Al Hassan in this one. It'll be a parlay piece. Might bet it straight up. Just put a, just put a couple units on it. Uh, just because I'm all over Al Hassan, I think it means too much to him. Yeah, I mean, I I gotta agree with that. He's got power and he's got a nice reach, uh, 73 inch reach. Um, I couldn't find any reach for uh, our other guy, and I mean he is debuting, and I think he's gonna get knocked out. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's gonna see he's yeah, gonna see some yeah. lights. All right, so for this next one, we got uh, Rivera and Stamen. 
or split here again as well. Tell me why you took Rivera here. Yeah, so first, let's break down. Rivera is 6-3 and three in his UFC fights. He's on a two-fight losing streak. Where Stamen is 5-1-1 one one in UFC fights on a two-fight winning streak. So Stamen's not got the hot got the hot fist. But Rivera has a four-inch reach advantage. So that's and and with his reach advantage, Eileen Rivera. Um Stamen most recently fought a month ago and beat Kellair by decision. But fighting with uh, since a month ago and then having to go to Abu Dhabi, then go through all the uh, COVID testing again. He has he didn't have much rest in between. Didn't have a long training camp for this fight, where Rivera's been preparing a lot longer for his next fight. So I like Rivera at Moneyline, minus 137. And then I also like this fight to go the distance, which is, I'm so shocked at the value I can get here. Because 19 of Rivera's 26 total fights have gone the distance. And then 16 of Stamen's 22 total fights have gone the distance as well. And then, so fight to go the distance is plus 250. I love it. I'm definitely going to be taking that one, at least in this fight, if... These guys love tend to go the distance. I'm so shocked that it's plus two fifty. Um. All right, so we're split here a lot. Um, but I actually do like the fight to go the distance as well at plus two fifty. I mean, so I think that this match is going to be a really it's going to be a stand and strike match. There's not going to be a lot of takedowns attempted, just because both guys have great takedown defense. So Rivera averages ninety five percent takedown defense and. 84 for Stamen. Um, Rivera has that 4-inch reach advantage, um, which is definitely going to help him out a lot. But with that, Stamen has better strikes per minute at 4.51 to 4.1 for Rivera. So, I mean, if they're just going to be, if this fight is going to go the distance, I think that Stamen is going to get more landed punches. Uh, He also has better striking accuracy. He lands 49% of his strikes compared to Rivera's 40. And with that being said, I mean, he also has better striking defense. He defends against 65% to Rivera's 61. That's why I'm kind of siding with Stamen here, just because both of these guys love to go the distance, and they just love to stand and trade. Um, Stamen does average 3.34 takedowns per 15 minutes. But I don't really think that that's going to be a large factor in this fight just because both guys are great at defending the takedown. So I think this one will go the distance, and I'm siding with Stamen here at uh, plus 110 money line. So I mean, a slightly different take here, but I think Stamen just has more output than uh, Rivera does. Chris, I, I I see why you say that way, just based off of his accuracy and strikes per minute. Um... That's why Rivera was more of a lean for me here, um, just because of Stamen not ha- fighting a, a month ago. So it does mean he's he's more ready to go in the sense of he's he's been in the ring a lot sooner. Um, so I probably won't take anyone in this fight, and I'll just go with fight to go the distance of plus two fifty because I think that's juicy. Yeah, that 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 is. Um, all right, so our main event for the fifteenth, it's Calvin Qatar and Dan Ige. Um, we both love the same guy here, Ethan. T- tell me why you're liking Qatar. Yeah, so I love Calvin Cater in this or one. Catter. Yeah, Cater. Wow, I can't get anything. No worries. Right I mean, like I said, these. I mean, some of these names are really tough, as you can as you can see. Um, but I love Cater in this one. He doesn't have. He's older by four years, but he's taller by four inches. Has a reach advantage of one inch. 
Um, so, but Cater is just a knockout machine. 13 of his 25 fights have not Definitely. gone the distance. But of those of those 13 fights that haven't gone distance, he has 12 finishes uh, inside the dis- distance um, where he's knocked the guy out. And we're, and then Ige has 7 of his 16 total fights have not gone the distance. Um, and then another reason I like Cater so much is Ige has never fought a full five-round fight, uh, which is really hard. While Cater has gone the full five rounds at least once, so he, he has the experience of being the main event. Um, so that's why I like Cater here. He's just got the KO power. I don't think Ige is going to be able to stand up to it. Um, I think this will be more of a punching match, um, or boxing match, excuse me. Um, so Cater to win the fight inside the distance is minus 105. And then the fight not to go the distance is minus 190. And then Cater by KO is minus 115. So all these lines are really good, in my opinion, to bet Cater, because the money line is too high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, money line is at minus 335. So, I mean, Cater by KO and fight not to go the distance are looking nice here. And uh, while we're talking about Cater, I mean, he's... I think of him as mainly like a striker power guy, whereas I see Ige is more of like a well-rounded fighter, somebody who's going to go for the takedowns and be proficient in striking and things like that. But to for Ige to win, I think he's going to have to take Cater to the ground, um, which is going to be really hard for him, just because Cater's takedown defense is 77%. And I mean, that's that's really going to force Ige to uh, stand and trade with Cater, which is just playing right into Cater's strong suit. So I think Cater's just going to tear him to pieces, just, just standing up. Um, but um, yeah, so Cater money line, Cater by KO, fight not to go the distance. I'm liking that a lot. All right, so uh, moving on to Fight Island 2 on the 18th, starting with the prelims. Um, Carlos Felipe and Sergey Spivak. Um, so Carlos Felipe is making his UFC debut. Um, he hasn't had an MMA win since 2017, so almost three years since the UFC match. His most recent win came as a boxing bout in 2018. So he hasn't been in the MMA ring in a while. Um, Spivak has a 15-pound weight advantage, which I kind of expect to play out in his favor. Um, he has an average fight time of 8 Point one minutes. Um, his most recent fight was with uh, Tybura, which went the distance. So uh, I think this fight will also go the distance and speed back to win. And he's got a decent money line on him as well at minus 130. Um, Ethan, you have anything to say about this one? Yeah, so I like speed back here as well, Chris. Uh, Felipe not fighting in MMA since 2018 is way too long for me to even... At his side, it's just I understand boxing. There's boxing and MMA, but they're they're completely different. And it's the same time. And then Spivak last lost to Tybora, which you mentioned. Um, and we, like you said, we just saw Tybora, so uh, I think Spivak's gonna be a lot more ready. Um, but I also don't see this fight going to distance, just because Spivak has finished inside the distance ten of his twelve professional fights. And with me liking Spivak here, I think he's gonna knock out Felipe uh, Carlos Felipe. Gotcha. Um, so our next prelim is Davi Ramos and Armand Sorgayan. <laughs> um, so Armand has a 10 year age advantage and that, that's crazy. Um, he also has a 2.5 reach advantage and all of 
of Armand's fights have gone the distance. Um, so I'm all over. I'm loving Armand to win. His lines at uh, his money lines at minus two hundred. Uh, I'm really going off of the ten year age advantage. I feel like that is going to play heavily into his favor. Um, Ethan, I think you're with me on this. Yeah, Chris. So I'm with. I'm all over uh, Armand in this one. Not going to say his last name because I'll butcher the shit out of it. Um, but I'm all over uh, Armand. The tenure age advantage equates to 63% win rate, and when he's the younger and the favorite fighter, it equates to 68% win rate. So all over Armand. I don't think Armand. Armand also is a higher ranked fighter in this in this uh, weight weight class over Ramos. I think by five or six positions. Um, so I like Armand in this one. I'll probably just take him to win and just and just go with it and possibly use it as part of the fees. Might just bet it straight up, even though it's minus two hundred. It's hard in UFC to get really good lines just because it's it's not like uh, basketball or soccer where there's a lot more crazy things that can happen. Yeah, agreed. Um, so um, next fight we're going to talk about is Malcolm Gordon and Amir Albazi. So both fighters here are making their debut. Um, Malcolm Gordon holds a two-inch reach advantage. And uh, he also has a stance advantage because he can switch stances between orthodox and southpaw, which I, I love fighters who can do that. I feel like it makes him more dynamic. Um, both of these fighters, however, do better on the ground. So Gordon has won six of his 12 fights on the ground, and Amir has won five out of 12 fights on the ground. Um, I couldn't get data on some of the fights and how he won, but five of 12, he finished on the ground. I also think this fight won't go the distance. Um... But, uh, and I also couldn't find any lines on this, so I think the fight not to go the distance is my best bet here. Yeah, Chris, um, I'm a fan of the fight not to go the distance here, uh, since 13 of Gordon's fights do not go the distance at all. Uh, Albezi is the younger fighter by four years, um, and the younger fighter wins 63% of the time, but I'm, I lean Gordon in this one, I like what you wrote with his switch stance, the, um, he had the reach advantage, and then Albazi is actually also is the excuse me Albazi is also on short notice, which doesn't work out for a fighter typically. As the original guy Daskal Chuck uh, dropped out, um, so that's why we don't see any lines right now. Um, Riley Gordon in this one, and it'll probably be a little higher than it was originally going to be. Um, but I'm, I agree with you, Chris. Yeah, nice. All right, so on to our next one: Brett Johns and Montel Jackson. I'm loving Montel Jackson here. Um, he's a southpaw fighter with a four and a half inch reach advantage, and um, a reach advantage and a southpaw fighter. Put those two together, and you have me betting that line. Um, so Jackson averages more strikes per minute than Johns. Uh, he averages 4.16 to Johns 3.30. Um, Jackson's also more accurate with his punches thrown. He hits or lands with 55% to Johns 48. Um, he also gets hit way less. He averages 1.15 strikes absorbed per minute compared to John's 4.27. And um, he, has a, he has a better defense, 58% to John's 54. You add all those things together, um, I see him um, just destroying Brett John's here. He's not going to be touched as much, which looks good on the scorecard. Um, he gets hit less. He hits more. 
Um, I think for Johns to win, he's going to need to take Jackson to the mat, which is going to be hard considering Jackson's takedown defense, which is at 70%. Um, so here I'm really siding with Montel Jackson to win. His money line is a little high at minus 250, but uh, I'm still going to take that um, in the end. Ethan, do you have anything to say about this one? Or should no, Chris, I just hop right into the next? Uh, we can hop right into the next one. I, can't, I just... I didn't really have any opinion on it, and I kind of like what you wrote, so I didn't feel like think there was much for me to add on this one. I thought you broke it down beautifully. Thanks, man. Thanks. All right, so this next one is Joe Duffy and Joel Alvarez, and here I'm loving Joel Alvarez. He's got a four-inch reach advantage on Duffy, and I think that reach advantage is, will push Joe Duffy to try to take him down instead of standing and trading with him. Um... And here we see that Alvarez has won 9 of 16 fights on the ground. 7 came from chokes, 2 from ground and pound. So the majority of his wins come on the ground. So, I mean, it's really, it really forces Joe Duffy to think, what would he rather do, just stand and take the 4-inch reach disadvantage or go to the ground where Alvarez is clearly comfortable? Um, also, so Joe Duffy has lost 4 of his matches. Two of those four have come from rear naked chokes and other chokes. And to me, that kind of shows that he is susceptible to being choked out. So I really like Joel Alvarez here. His money line is plus 295, which is amazing, plus money. And I haven't, I'm not sold on this yet, but I think the fight won't go the distance. Um, but I'm, I'm loving Joel Alvarez as the underdog at uh, plus 295. Might be taking that later tonight just before that line changes or anything. Yeah, Chris, someone um, totally agrees with you on this one. Alvarez being the younger fighter, um, bodes well. He's the younger fighter while the underdog. They only win 49% of the time, so not as great as typically when they're the younger fighter. Um, Rum all over the underdog here. Uh, ranking these both both these fighters, only Duffy's only up by four spots, so not a whole difference between the two. Um, I just think Alvarez not having as big of a name is why Duffy is so favored, in my opinion. Um, but I like Alvarez in this one. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, so two more um, preliminary fights. Grant Dawson and Nad Naramani. I like Dawson here a lot. I mean, he has a short reach advantage of only two inches, but he can switch stance. And, I mean, I, I love fighters who fight southpaw and switch just because if you're an orthodox fighter fighting against them, it turns out to be a real challenge. Um, so Grant Dawson has a seven-year age advantage, seven years younger than uh, uh, Naramani. Um, he's also really proficient um, with his uh, submission victories. So I'm taking Dawson, money line, kind of juiced at minus 256, and I'm liking the submission victory here by him as well. How about you, Ethan? Yeah, so I love this fight not to go the distance. Um, and then Dawson to win within the dis when inside the distance. Younger fighter, he has the reach advantage. Um, 12 of 15 wins are inside the distance, so I'm all over Dawson here. Private Dawson to win uh, inside the distance. Uh, fight not to go the distance. Um, and then probably Dawson by submission. Uh, just none of those lines are out yet because we're a week away, and those typically come out two days before the fight. Mm-hmm. All right, so for this next one, we have Roman Dolidze and Kadis Ibragamov. 
That's how I'm saying them. We're going with that. <laughs> so Cadus <laughs> is six years younger than uh, Dolize. Um, and it's also uh, the UFC debut for Dolize. Um, so um, unfortunately, Cadus has had two straight losses, which makes this a little, a little uh, scary to bet on. Um, and his reach is 78.5 inches. And um, I couldn't find too much information on Roman, um, but at the moment, if I had to, I would bet Cadiz at plus 150. This, But this might end up being one of those that I stay away from just because of the two straight losses, and I'm, I couldn't find too much uh, information on, on Roman here. Yeah, Chris, so for me, um, based on age and reach, I like Cadiz, uh, um, but it's really hard to back him, like you said, with two straight losses, just... When a fighter's down, it's really hard. You have to wait for him to sh- kind of sh- give you some promise before you can back him again. Um, but I will probably bet this fight not to go the distance, as all of uh, Roman Delead's fights finish inside the distance, and 60% of Cadiz's fights fail to go the distance. Um, so that's why I'll definitely bet fight not to go the distance here. Don't really have an opinion on who wins, um, but just be aware that Delead's has finished all six of his fights, and he is 6-0. Um, so he does have the knockout power, and Chris, you and I backed it on UFC 251 again that Odemir fight, where we took the under, we took the younger guy, the guy making his UFC debut, and we knew that strikeout power, and we 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 saw the promise in him. Um, so that's why it's, that's why you have to be aware. You know he's making his UFC debut for the leads. Uh, he's the favorite in this fight. Uh, he has six he has six straight knockouts. So that's why I just I'd rather just bet fight not to go the distance and just watch it and enjoy a fight, enjoy a great knockout. Yeah, I agree with you. This is this is going to be one of those that I avoid. All right, but now moving on to our main card for Fight Island 2, Alex Pantajoa and Askar Askarov. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about this. I like Alex at plus or minus 200. Um, I didn't really look too deeply into this one, to be honest, but um, I just kind of went off uh, his nickname, uh, Alex the Cannibal Pantajoa. So... Ethan, what do you what do you have to say, man? Yeah, so for me, I didn't really pick a side either. Um, just again, I think there's gonna be a lot of knockouts in these next two in these next two weeks. Uh, sorry, in these next two uh, fight cards. So Askarov has won nine of his eleven fights inside the distance, where Alex Panto- Pantoa has won eleven of his twenty two fights inside the distance. Um, so I lean for this to end inside the distance. I just don't know, really, didn't really research much into who I think is going to win. Um, I was just kind of looking at where I saw the best value or best chance for me to hit a uh, bet, and I like this fight to end inside the distance. Mm-hmm. All right, so our next one on the main card is Ariane Lipsky and Luana Carol- Carolina. Oh, man, these next couple are just toss-ups for me, uh, but I do think that this one will go the distance. I feel like both of these... Uh, both of these girls are capable, but I think it's going to go the distance here. Yeah, so, Chris, I know you said this is a toss-up, but I love toss-up fights. Um, and the reason is because it's great for hedging a parlay piece. So for me, um, there, like I said, in the, there are some fights where I've, where I've nailed down, like, oh, I think these guys are, I know, I very like, very unlikely see them losing. Um, so that's why I love to use uh, pickums because then you know if you hedge it in a parlay piece, you know you're guaranteed to win the same money. So you can just as long as there are other ones win. 
so you can just watch and sit sit back and relax. I did that. I did that in UFC 251 uh, with the Gershon fight. I believe was their name. It was one of the first fights um, on the. Uh, was one. Of the, I'm sorry, one of the last fights on the prelim. But then I was able to just sit back and watch because Rosa dominated like I thought. Like I thought she would last uh, this past Saturday. Um, so I'm all, I like these pickups for hedging, but I also like this fight to go the distance as well. Um, just because five of seven fights for Carolina go the distance and eight of seventeen for Lipsky go the distance. So if anything, I'll bet fight to go the distance and probably use this as a hedging parlay piece. Gotcha. All right. So Mark Diakis, oh butcher that one, and Rafael Fitzev. Um, wow, this is three in a row where I haven't really picked a fighter. Uh, Mark has a lot more fight experience. Seventeen fights to Fitzev's eight. Uh, he also holds a two-inch reach advantage. Uh, that being said, Fitzev is a switch fighter, meaning he can switch stances. He averages 4.8 strikes per minute compared to Mark's 2.86. I think if uh, Mark wants to win, he's going to have to take down Fitzev, which is going to be a challenge because Fitzev has great takedown defense. Uh, I don't exactly remember the percentage but he does have great takedown defense. Uh, I'm really not picking a side here. I think I'm going to pass on betting on this one. Uh, Ethan, you, do you have a different viewpoint on this? Yeah, Chris, so just based on what you wrote, Eileen uh, Fizev, uh, he's got the better strikes per minute and the takedown defense. Um, so to me, if you're the better striker, you can defend the takedown. Um, I think you have a great better shot at winning. He's plus 130, so I'll sprinkle on him just because it's plus value. Um, yeah, he doesn't have as much experience, but at the same time, he, it's not like he hasn't fought in the UFC before, uh, so that's why I like Fizev here. Gotcha. All right, so moving on to a fight that I actually do have an opinion on. Uh, Jack Hermanson, Hermanson, and Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, so Hermanson has a six-inch reach advantage in this fight, which is very nice. Um, but Gastelum is four years younger. So Gastelum also fights Southpaw, which will negate some of uh, Hermanson's reach advantage. But that being said, Hermanson also averages 5.13 strikes per minute, while Gastelum averages 3.75. So Hermanson has a higher striking output. I also think he's a more complete fighter than Gastelum. So Hermanson uh, attempts 2.23 takedowns per 15 minutes compared to Gastelum's 0.8. So uh, I like the Hermanson money line at plus 100 plus money. Gotta love that. And I think that this fight will end in TKO or KO. Yeah, Chris. So for me in this one, um, I liked a lot of what you said. Uh, the reach is huge for me. Um, but he's, he's older. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I think Hermanson is going to win by TKO, KO. And then if Gastelum's going to win, it's going to be my decision. 16 of his 21 fights have gone the distance. Uh, so... If anything, I'll, I might bet Hermanson to win by TKO KO, and then Gaslam to win by decision, because uh, they'll most likely both be plus money, and that way I'll be able to kind of hedge myself in terms of how I think this fight's going to play out. I did that with the Masvidal fight, because I thought Masvidal was only going to win by TKO or KO, and then I thought Usman was just going to grind it out like he always does, where we saw, which is what we saw happen. He grinds it on the cage, and just kind of getting that those body blows in, um, and it worked out for me, so... That's what I'm most likely going to do in, in this fight is probably hedge it by win by TKO for Hermanson or by, just by decision for Gastelum. Nice, nice. So coming up to our last 
our last thing on the main card and the main event. Divison, uh, Figueredo, and Joseph Bendevez. So, uh, this is uh, their second fight. Uh, the first one, Divison won the first meeting. Um, in the first meeting, uh, Bendevez was actually outstriking Divison, Divison before he caught a right cross, which dropped him. And then from there, the Divison finished him with a, with a ground and pound. Um, so Divison holds the three-inch reach advantage. Um, but in this fight, I'm liking uh, Bendevez just because he is this, uh, holds a stance advantage being a southpaw, which I think will uh, help negate that reach disadvantage. Um, another thing to think about is the last meeting only went to round two. But in those two rounds, uh, Bendevez was outstriking him before he got dropped with that one cross. Um, so this situation really reminds me of the Nami Yudis fight this past weekend where it, they're meeting again. Um, so in that Nami Yudis fight, the first Nami Yudis fight, she lost because she got dropped on her head. Um, and I think that something similar is going to happen here where we do see Joseph Bendevez win here. Um, I think that he's going to win and it's going to go in the full, the full amount of rounds. Um, he's actually the underdog right now at plus 185. And Ethan, I know you're uh, on the other side with this one, so why don't you tell me why you picked the other side? Yeah, Chris, so the fighter who's won the previous fight and is the favorite has a record of 28-9, and overall the fighter who won the first fight, and then we wound up seeing a rematch is 42-19. and um, So just based off that, I like Figueredo. Uh, the one he's three years younger, has a three-inch reach advantage, and he's won the first one. Uh, so he's minus 225, um, so it is a little high, have to most likely be a parlay piece, but I probably will just bet it straight up, um, just because, like I said earlier, it's hard to get good USC lines, um, just because it's not like regular soccer, where you're going to see minus 110 or plus 110, you're going to see a lot of, uh, more juiced lines, um, but I do like Figueredo here, I agree it's kind of like the Nami Yunus and Andrade fight, um, but that was a different one, we, Nami Yunus was dominating that fight. I don't. I don't think this was as close to a domination that Nami Yunus had until she just got caught in a bad position and Andrade dropped her on her head and there was nothing that and she was out. Um, so I think this one's a little bit different in that sense, and that's why I like Figueroa here. Gotcha. Um, do you have anything else to add before we call it a day? No, I mean, I think all I can say is on the first card, there's a lot more fights where I think there's uh, guys I'm very sure about. The second card is a little harder. It's a lot more unknown names um, in the UFC world. Um, the main the main event, we have some known names, but at the end of the day, it's a lot more unknown um, on the fight card for Saturday compared to the fight card on Wednesday, where you have a lot more well-known names, and there's a lot more fighters, I think, that stand out as clear winners. All I can say is I'm, re I'm super excited for Alisson to knock the shit out of Lazez. I think it's going to be a great <laughs> knockout. I think it might be like the Cody Garbrandt knockout where he saw at the bell at the end of the bell, or like the Sean O'Malley knockout where he knocked him out and just walked away. He's, he's like, I don't even have to go near him. Um, so I'm, that's that's my favorite fight that I'm looking forward to. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. This should be an exciting week. A lot of fights going on. So um, on that note, that's all we have for you today. Um, stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at Best Bad Bets where we post our daily bets.